There's a train a-coming You don't need no baggage You just get on board All you need is faith To it be so a humming You don't need no ticket You just thank the Lord Yeah, yeah. Well, okay Okay, welcome everybody to New South Christians. This is the uh, host, moderator, whatever you want to call me, uh, David Fuquay. I've got a young lady here named Cass Perez, a.k.a. Sister Perez, transplant from Miami. I think it's going to be very interesting today. So I'm going to let her introduce herself and then we'll get going from there. Hi, I'm Cass. Um, So I would kind of associate myself as, and I hate saying this word, but a Christian, because nowadays you that word you can just throw it around anywhere and everybody's like oh yeah i'm a christian i go to church um but i i was talking to you in a class before but it was more of like i consider myself a reformist which is the whole movement of martin luther and the thesis and all about like it was more about going back to the basics of like believing the gospels and the apostles and like it's more bible focused Mm -hmm. than like religion focused but more relationship Mm -hmm. focused like with christ um i write music i told you that um i play guitar and i write christian music kind of in all genres of like rock and some are more like country sounding um well who's your favorite christian artist right now since you've identified that as something important I uh, I don't know if I'd have a favorite Christian like artist. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I love Brandon Lake. Yes. Brandon Lake. <laughs> yeah. He's a good one. He just It's hard, it's hard to album. go against Brandon Lake. No, that, you can't. The whole group's together and I, uh, I love to at the beginning of class sometimes put that on. It just puts mm-hmm. me in a really good place for class and yeah. interacting with people and uh I've got a, a lady a little bit older on the front row. She'll be waving her hand saying, I need, I need, me, I need me some Jesus this morning, Mr. Fuqua. And I go, we got it for you, sister. Let's get it on, right? So, no, he's great. Okay, well, good. Well, what we're doing this podcast, I've already introduced it uh, to our, our last show, was basically it's your generation. It's Generation Z. Uh, obviously, we focus mainly on the spiritual, I hate to use the word religious side, mm-hmm. but then also the view of how the South has changed. You know, the South used to be really conservative, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of old school, you know, uh, very strong on, you know, hellfire damnation and, you know, that type of thing. But Gen Z has just changed everything. And Nashville, that's why I call it, you know, New, new, new South Christians. This mm-hmm. is not mom dad grandma's old christians you know doesn't make it bad or good so part of this podcast is dedicated to who you are Mm -hmm. who are these people so uh, i'm just going to pitch a couple things to you and then we'll just see where it goes okay okay one of the things in this i I don't know how you feel about this but when i look at statistics that you know i was doing my research on depression suicide anxiety I mean, your generation, I know we're just coming out of the pandemic, but mm-hmm. what, how do you react to it? What, what's been your experience with that? Well, my brother actually, uh, he's graduated now. I think he's in his second year of like out of high school. Mm-hmm. But when he was in high school, he dealt a lot with depression and suicidal thoughts and ideations. Wow. And he, we got pulled out of school for that reason. So we were, I was homeschooled. Oh, I'm okay. still homeschooled, but I'm going here now. So technically. Okay. But, um, in high school he dealt with that and we got pulled out because of just oh. like 
from going to middle school to going to high school, there was such a culture change mm -hmm. in the people. Right. And he was exposed to vaping and a lot of unhealthy relationships with girls and okay. just like it was very like he got shoved into the world mm -hmm. and so that messed with his mind and so i've kind of had that up close and personal mm -hmm. experience with it but in like my personal opinion from what i've seen is that like our generation is we're very accepting of the whole like a pro-abortion pro-lgbtq like all of this and it's right. like in how in the bible says um, what's right will become wrong and what's wrong will become mm -hmm. right. So nowadays so. it's the whole like we think that life is so much better, but we're seeing so much more depression right. and anxiety and all of this because it's mm -hmm. it's going against like what the Bible says are what we were created to do. Right. Well, and it's interesting you should mention this because out at Ball State's campus, they have those little orange flags out. Mm -hmm. I think it was like 1,100 college students last year committed suicide. Mm -hmm. And I updated the numbers with high school, et cetera. It's like 2,900. Mm -hmm. I mean, which is unbelievable, the highest as far as I could find. And I was curious, is, is there a connection between your personal faith and your spiritual view and how we could deal with this anxiety, depression, and suicide? Because obviously it's at, for Gen Z, it's at epidemic proportion. Yeah. So. I think in the church... Or, or how the church is handling. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that would be a better way to phrase it. So. In the church, there's a lot of like, oh, like if you deal with this, you don't have enough faith or like pray it away. Oh, and there's okay. so much of that. Pray it away. And that is so far from the truth because I have friends who currently deal with depression and anxiety and they, mm -hmm. ha they have super strong faiths and relationship with the Lord mm -hmm. because we forget that it's a clinical issue. Right. Like you can be clinically depressed with medication the same way that you can be um you can have diabetes and you can have cancer it doesn't mean that you don't have faith but it's something okay. that like you actually deal with yourself okay so i think like going to your question oh my gosh what Can was your question how again? the church in other words from your experience in church how is the church addressing it? Yeah. Or maybe they're not addressing it. Yeah. I mean, I know we, we struggle with it here. We, we confess that up front. Maybe we mm -hmm. haven't handled it well. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, for a person like you that attends church, you know, how do pastors or youth ministers, how are they mm -hmm. dealing with it? Or are they just saying, pray it out, you know, yeah. kind of like what you referred to? Or yeah. are they going a little bit deeper or maybe not deep enough in your view? Yeah, I think from... Like, I think more of the pastor, it, it's like less involved because right. they're overseeing the whole church. But I think that's where like the more personal things of like being in a life group or like your youth pastor, mm -hmm. they're able to connect with you. Okay. Um, I know my youth pastor's wife, she makes an effort to like reach out to girls and sit okay. with them and talk with them. Right. And so I think kind of coming from the viewpoint of also realizing that not it's not just like God and Jesus, but the mm. enemy is also very present. Oh yeah. And so we have to realize that things like that is, is a spiritual attack. Like it, it can mm -hmm. be spiritual warfare sometimes sure. of like, I'm going through a depressive rut and it's not because I have a lack of faith, but because the enemy sees something in me and he's attacking me to make sure right. I don't reach that potential. Right, and identifies that. Well, a couple of th other things I just wanted to hit, and these are great responses was, when I was doing the research, I, I just want you to kind of react to this. It, it was amazing to me, in your generation, how many people are classified as like nuns? In other words, don't have a particular religious mm. belief and like their view of God, he could exist, he might not, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so some of these statistics, I just want you to comment on They said like one third of the people never attend church. 
another third sporadically, maybe once a month, and then one third regularly attend. Mm -hmm. And I mean, here we are in the Bible Belt, and when I see numbers like that, it, it's pretty unbelievable. And then some other statistics where they talk about like 52% of Gen Z has no trust for religion and for the institutions, et cetera. I mean, mm -hmm. does that surprise you or is that, I mean, I'm not from your generation, but when I look at numbers like that, I'm yeah. like, my gosh. I mean, like, it doesn't surprise me because, and which is why I said I don't like calling myself a Christian because okay. that's been so watered down today. Mm -hmm. Like, the the church and people who call themselves Christians are setting such a bad representation of what it actually means mm -hmm. to have a true body of believers and to be a true Christian. Nowadays, it's like, we were just talking about this. We had a Bible study on Sunday okay. about this pastor and he wore a shirt of his wife in a bikini on stage. And he was like, if you're looking at this shirt, you're lusting over my wife and you're going to hell. And <laughs> oh I was like, gosh. if this is what people think the church is and like uh, when people, we had my friend shared how um, a guy who was gay came to our church okay. and in other churches, they would have immediately like, you're going to hell. Like you shouldn't be doing this. Like we had an incident like that at Vol State, mm -hmm. but real Christianity is accepting, not accepting their sin, but accepting right. their person because we love right. the person, not the sin. Mm -hmm. But like church churches now do such a bad job of either just less prosperity gospel of like, right. God loves you exactly how you are and you don't have to change anything and keep just doing whatever you're doing and just like God will save you. But then we have like that other side of the condemning like, you're going to hell if you even do one sin in this. So I think that people who call themselves Christians are doing such mm -hmm. a bad job at representing that and it makes other people repel to the idea. It's like, if that's what that's like, I don't want to be part of that because I think I'm fine with how I am now. Well, and it's funny you should mention that because one of the other things that popped out in the research was, you know, why people from Gen Z have this kind of disrespect or lack of faith in the church. And one of them, they're looking for authentic. Mm -hmm. uh, also, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, like face interaction, as far as that goes. Uh, they also said they're not coming to you. You've got to go to them, mm -hmm. wherever they are. And it just, I don't know, the more I started looking at, you know, the reasons that they give for not going to church, uh, you know, they want to build relationships. They want to use technology to reach out, maybe using music or whatever. But obviously the church needs to change, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, to reach your generation? Yeah. It doesn't sound like the old school, you know, you're, you're going to burn in hell, you know, fear, yeah. you know, it's stuff like that. So, I mean, what do you think about that? Is the church doing a good job to go out and find Generation Z and bring them in? I think that... They're like, so sometimes we're so focused on like missions and like mm -hmm. reaching people who like are in need when in reality and like our pastor has shared this, like our mission field is where we are. Like our right. mission field is our, is our community, is our school, is our family. Mm -hmm. And we're, cause it's so easy, so much easier to go outside of the state and be like, Jesus loves you in this. But then <laughs> when you go to school and you're confronted with all of these people who you share class with, then you're like, oh, um, <laughs> Yeah, I guess I agree. So it's we're it's definitely difficult for us, but it doesn't give us an excuse not to do it. Okay, you know. So All I right. think we could do better as a church and as a body because if we mm -hmm. say we're going to do something, we have to do it. Like we can't be hypocrites, yeah. okay. and we we have to if we say we're going to do it, and if we say this is what we believe, then we have to act that out. Okay. 
Well, we, I want to hit on this because we talked about it just a little bit before we started. We talked about heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. So do you view there is a heaven and a hell? I yes. Mean, so what, what's your take? What is heaven to you? What is hell? So in like simplest forms, because I could describe what, like what it is and all of that, but I just think heaven is anywhere where God is, like his being and like right. the, because it's, well, I'm going to get technical, but like. So it's Go more ahead. of like the, so it's like the Trinity. Okay. So it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they okay. are all collectively God. Okay. So I think that heaven is anywhere where the Father is. Okay. So hell is where uh, God cast down Satan. So hell didn't exist before God, because Satan was an angel. He was Lucifer. Sure. He was actually known as the mm-hmm. worship leader, okay. kind of. But um, when he rebelled then he got gassed down mm-hmm. to hell and okay. so that was his kind of like holding place okay so that's kind of like how i view it all right well i and i am curious about heaven though because i've mm-hmm. listened to some uh sermons of billy graham i've you know the the author we both like john bevere mm-hmm. there was a section in his book where he talked about a young man that experienced heaven mm-hmm. and I, billy graham said it was like you would move around the planets at the speed of thought and you would have things to do and it was very exciting. Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard anybody ever describe hell like that. Mm-hmm. And so I was just wondering, how do you view it? Do you think it'll be... Heaven? Yeah, that idea of you know going between the, the, the planets of the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. I think that like, it's going to be... Because sometimes I think and I'm like, well, it's, a, it's eternity. Like eternity is like sure. forever. And so I'm like... How much can there like be to do in eternity? But when you really think about it, like God is infinite. So I right. think that like there could be something like that uh-huh. where like just anything imaginable mm-hmm. like could be done. But we were I was actually talking about it with a friend and we were talking about like if somebody like, you know, how you hear stories of like somebody dying and then going to heaven and coming back. Sure. Yes. And we were talking about like if that's biblical and if that's not. And at the end of the day, we kind of came to the realization of like, God can do whatever he wants to do. Mm -hmm. So I think that it kind of goes in with like heaven of like, it's infinite. Like the, and the possibilities are infinite that could happen there. And it's just kind of like, Mm -hmm. it kind of takes away the, like the foreverness of it, like the scariness of it. But yeah. Well, you know, one thing, this just popped in my head since I mentioned John Bevere, you Mm -hmm. know, in his book, Driven by Eternity. One of the things that he kind of spoke to me and I'd like you to comment on was that we all have a calling. You know, the Mm -hmm. idea that I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb thousands of years ago and I knew you were coming. And I always have thought, you know, through my whole life, I've kind of picked to do things I thought I was called to do or Mm -hmm. I felt drawn to do. But I don't think I ever said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And even at my age now, at the end of my career, I find myself wanting to know what that is, particularly after the pandemic. Because the idea then is, if you open yourself to it, then God will, it's his job to open the door Mm -hmm. for you to do that. And then you'll be judged on that. Mm -hmm. So have you found a calling or do you, because you mentioned music. I mean, Mm -hmm. you sound like a very articulate person. (laughs) I I could see you up in the pulpit myself. Um, And maybe touch on that. How do you view women in the pulpit? Is that that something you're comfortable with or you're not? I know I'm blending. I'm probably doing too much, but go for it. I'll answer the the calling one first. So um, for like me personally, I believe in that God has like a calling specifically for each and every single one of us. And I think that's like why he creates us differently is because there is something different for all of us. Like me personally, 
I've always loved music and I've always loved singing, but I've mm. always strayed away from pursuing that because I never wanted my music to like get to my head and then make it all about me when ah. it's really like worshiping is I'm worshiping to God. Mm -hmm. And so I was always scared of like getting into that, like mm -hmm. that fame and being on stage. And so I always strayed from it mm -hmm. and I've like, I've gone after things that I like to do. Like mm -hmm. I, um, I'm pursuing my major in health and fitness science because I love going to the gym and I'm like super exactly. crazy about nutrition. And so I've kind of like focused on like, oh, I want to do this. And I even one point was like, I want to be a teacher. But then recently I've been more kind of going into my music. Okay. And my parents have always told me like, we feel like that's your calling, but we understand mm -hmm. why you're yeah. scared to tap into that. Oh, yeah. So recently I have been going more into that. And it's crazy because like my kind of thing of worshiping is that I want to worship so that other people can experience the connection that I like I'm getting with God and I want other people to be able to share in that. Okay. And so I've been leading worship at church and just like hearing pe awesome. people say, and they're like, I just was able to like worship God okay. and all that. So, and it's just like something that can only come from God. Like, okay. it's not like, yeah, I like going to the gym and like helping people, <laughs> but like, it's actually something that's like impacting somebody in sure. a deeper way. Okay. And I'm not letting you off the hook on the women. And on the, the women bed. one. <laughs> okay. So we actually had a sermon about this. Right. at my church but and i agree with what my pastor said but i think that it's like for women to sh like lead a bible study for them mm -hmm. to even lead like a wednesday service to lead a conference like right. all of that is amazing and it's like promoted even mm -hmm. like but to an extent of like pastoring a mm -hmm. church right. there's and i cannot remember the many he used but i remember there was one scripture that he used because in scripture it does talk about how it's kind of like the hierarchy mm -hmm. of how the church should be right and so it it always talks about a man leading a church mm -hmm. and i don't think it's like for anything of like women can't lead or right. any of this but um god ordained it that way and he created adam first just in that way because i mean in a book it's a christian book and i forgot what it was called but it just talks about how like Men think blue and women think pink. It's just okay. like, it's, they're just different. Yeah. And so like men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Yeah. That was a classic book during my time. So. so I, I don't know if I would like personally agree, like women being pastors and like pastoring okay. a church and like leading a church just because like right. in a, another scripture that I was talking about, um, it says how women are, are supposed to like be listeners okay. and, um, not necessarily like, mm. Because then it kind of sounds like submissiveness. It's not like that. Like, it's not like, oh, the man right. leads and all of that. It's just different roles for everybody. And just because it's not like pastoring a church, it doesn't also mean that you can't lead a Bible study and like lead a, a group and all of that. Okay. Just like the whole thing of like pastoring a church in specifically is just, okay. I don't personally agree with right. that. Well, I've got a couple of tough ones because we're going to run out of time, and I know you got class coming up soon. So mm -hmm. I don't want to get out of here without discussing. Obviously, your generations viewed very differently. Mm -hmm. It's when you get to the LBGTQI, mm -hmm. I'm lost after that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's you know balancing. I mean, you've done an excellent job referring to the Bible. You know, your teaching, your church experience, and everything, but. I mean, you said it yourself, you know, going out to mission on the mission field mm -hmm. is one thing, but then coming back to your school, your church, your community. Mm -hmm. So how do you deal with that? When you identify yourself as a Christian and somebody says, well, how do you, how do you balance those two? 
It's definitely, it's difficult. Right. And I guess kind of, I guess what I've done without noticing is I just kind of think of them as collect, like I don't separate like school and church. Like, okay. So in, in it's easier at church mm-hmm. because you're surrounded by people who are like-minded and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then when you come to school, it's not necessarily right. like that. And it's... You're out on the field. I know. <laughs> it's it's difficult. And there's just a lot. Thrown, like, I personally currently am trying to, like, learn how to figure out this one situation where I'm like, I know that's not the best thing. And so I'm trying to, like, figure my way out of that. But it's just, like, a daily battle of just, like, right. trying to find the strength and also mm-hmm. knowing right. when to speak mm. and when not to speak and then when to speak, making right. sure that I'm not speaking just be- right. what I want to say, but that I'm letting... Yeah. the Lord speak through me? Well, it's kind of like me, if I could be confessional here for a moment. Obviously, I'm very aggressive, verbalized, etc. <laughs> but even trying to patiently sit here, because I love what I'm hearing from you, I'm enjoying it, but I have to grab myself and say, don't talk. <laughs> don't interrupt, because that's one of my problems. Even in the classroom, it's the same way. I just want to keep going and my brain's working. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I know that's real tough. Well, I know we're about ready to run out of time. And one thing I always try to do at the end is something, I don't know, positive, you know? There's so many cool things that I, when I started doing the research and reading about your generation, uh, obviously the technology, how you're connected and everything, uh, how you like communities. uh, Some of the dating statistics were funny, how almost a majority of you, instead of, uh, some people like to say online or whatever, you find them through friendships. In other words, like if you're in a group of uh, mixed male, female, mm-hmm. and you find a friend that way, that's the worst that you end up dating. Mm-hmm. And that you find them that way and that the majority of you, you're the, you're the most educated generation as far as being in college or already having been in college. I mean, there's your view on government is not as negative as what came in. I mean, mm-hmm. government is, isn't the great evil in all things. They can do good. Uh, environmentally conscious, uh, you know, just uh, wanting to help other people, wanting to go on mission trips. You, you want to be a doer. You don't want to be just sit there and have somebody talk to you. You want to yeah. go out and do it. So I always like to end on a good note. So what do you see good about your generation based on what you've seen your parents or grandparents or whatever? So what do you think is coming down the pipe so I can get excited about this? Hmm. I think our generation is like they're accepting of people. Mm-hmm. And in a way that's kind of been taken to an extreme, but it's mm-hmm. also like, back then how we used to discriminate race and ethnicity and all of that like nowadays like we're seeing all of that just come together and it's also like beliefs too like Mm -hmm. just because you believe that doesn't mean that we can't be friends like especially in my workplace Mm -hmm. a lot of us believe different things but yet we still are able to come together and be like well we're still friends we're still close and all of that so i think it's nice to see how despite what we believe in our political views and how we were raised and all of that, like we can put all that mm-hmm. aside and still be like, okay, but we have a common ground here. Right. And like this unites us despite mm-hmm. that. And that's one things, one of the things in all the years I've taught over 30 something years that I've noticed. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was when I'm in classroom, mainly with Gen Z, most of my career, I'm looking at, you know, here I am in this Bible Belt conservative South, but I'm looking around at more Hispanics, people mm-hmm. of color, 
uh, interracial dating, I mean, attitudes, things that they do. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And when I get together with friends, you know, they talk about, oh, should we be depressed about the future? And I, <laughs> in a lot of ways, I look at you guys and I go, I grew up in the military. I grew up in an integrated world, living overseas and everything. And mm -hmm. I thought it made me a better person, a better Christian. And I look at you guys and I think, yeah, I, I see that too. I don't see the pessimism mm -hmm. that a lot of people see. I feel sorry for the the size of the problems we've left on you. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no denying that. So, all right, any parting words? We'll go ahead and close. Any parting words? Yeah. Ah, oh, that's Cass, a lot of pressure. Sister Perez. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. Miami Vice, be of <laughs> Miami, transported up here. I'm too good under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, then we'll just go ahead and close it up. I want to thank Cass Perez for being with us. You were great. Thank and you. by the way, I always tell people this. We did not There's meet by accident. I prayed about this a long time ago. Said, Lord, send me no people. You're fantastic. You thank you. Thank you. All you need is faith to You don't need no ticket. Just thank the 